What's up, everybody? This is Phil Rogacki. And I'm Jared Abergina. You're listening to Two Tree Guys Podcast. What's up, everybody? Phil Rogacki here. At the Arbor Expo, or no, I'm sorry, Arbor Fest. Oh, Hans is going to be pissed at me that I said that. I got Arbor Expo, TCI Expo. They're all shit. They're all the same, guys. They're all awesome. So go to them. Uh, but guys, listen to the Two Tree Guy podcast here. Uh, we got two industry badasses from Edelrid uh, who will be here on the show today uh, talking about some different products here. But this is an episode of Gear Talk. And if you guys have never listened to Gear Talk, um, we bring in different products, manufacturers, um, people that use this on a daily basis um, that talk about the gear and talk about the products and the development and the safety features and uh, what they've improved on it from the last uh, version of it, so on and so forth. We also have our mini episodes uh, that we discuss uh, what's your story. Uh, get to hear about industry badasses and how they got in the industry, mentors they've had, and some wisdom that they can share. We also have our full-length episode that's in our studio uh, with Josiah's been on one, but Megan has not. But she's going to be coming to California here soon and being on one uh, for that. And then we also, guys, we have our, our safety talks where we talk about ins- uh, things that happen in the industry and how do we make it better? How do we control it? Uh, things that the individual could have done different to uh, keep them protected or their crews protected, so on and so forth for that. But uh, before we get into the gear talk, everybody, there's a fee to the show, and that fee is to pay it forward, to share it. Uh, If you guys got something out of this today, if you laughed, if you thought it was funny, uh, if you learned something, uh, if it hits you to make you go, I'm going to try that, you know, or I'm going to buy that, or I'm going to go do this. Share it because there's going to be someone else out there in the industry that wants to know about this. Uh, so share it, pay it forward because we don't get paid for this. And uh, it's just our way of growing the the podcast so more and more people can listen to it. But uh, um, we have Megan. We have Josiah. What's up, guys? Hey, hey. What's going hey, on? Hey. This is uh, the sexy tree man here. Uh, <laughs> for you guys don't know, uh, he just competed in a footlock competition. Um, and he surprised the crowd because he came out naked. Well, half naked, <laughs> half naked for that. Uh, and then yes. he won. He won every single one. But then as soon as he put his shirt on, he didn't win. So, yeah. man. So what, what was so going through? I found through? the secret and then I gave it up. Like yeah, loser. you did. You did. You, you got, I felt like you got a little secondhand embarrassment and you were like, fine, we'll go put a shirt on. And we were all so mad. <laughs> I know. So, why'd you do that? Why'd you put your shirt on? I'm trying oh. to wrap it. I got the Adelrid oh, clothes, you know. Got, I'm wearing the Adelred. damn Petzl harness. And uh, had to wrap it somehow. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, uh, you know, within 30 seconds, give us a little background, Megan. And, and same with you, Josiah. So the, the people listening know kind of who you are, where you're from. Uh, I'm Meg Benowski with Upward Training and Development. I'm one of the newest ambassadors for Edelred. And kind of my shtick, is, not shtick, but like my passion in life is safety training. Um, so, yeah, cool. that's kind of where my next five ten years is looking and i'm stoked to be here awesome awesome this is your second time on the show too hell yeah, yeah cool 
And I'm Josiah Georgeson, and I like to throw curveballs. So I've got a lot of things going on. <laughs> yeah, he's not wearing pants right now, guys. <laughs> well, yeah, guy. You he, wouldn't know. He wants to be the first. It gives me more confidence uh, yeah. to know that I've got a secret, you know? <laughs> uh, I don't know. You, you have a lot of confidence? <laughs> I've got a – so I have Strider Trees. That's where, you know, most of you guys in the industry would probably know me from. But I'm working with Edelred now, too, just trying to help expand their work safety uh, presence, not just in the tree world, but actually in the rope access world and some of these other high angle sort of uh, high angle rescue, fire department, things like that. So okay. it's, uh, we're breaking into some of those markets. We've got a lot of really innovative stuff. Thank you, Germany and uh, German engineers, man. They're the best. But uh, they are. They are. They're a little less awkward. It was a joke. It was a joke. You got to talk to talk to the hikes guy over there. You guys talk to the hikes German guy over there. Uh, you got to talk to him. He started in the beginning with uh, the owner building that company out, and he has some definitely some stories to tell. He's been doing it for over thirty years and uh, making shoes, making shoes, Damn. designing a lot of these shoes, everything. And he's ready to retire and go golf and nice. go do a bunch of other fun stuff. He'll, he'll share with you. But uh, awesome, um, you know. Now let's talk about the the green on for you. Is that why you you joined Edelrid? <laughs> because of the, like green? All the green. Because you a wear black green and in everything. Sort of what you yeah. have the green shirt on everywhere you go. Yeah, well, I, I like that sweater. It's a it's a good sweater. It's a good sweater. It's just but, one uh, clean shirt that he just films <laughs> in. That's that, that's oh, the that's whole right. thing. Yeah, well, yeah. I've actually you, got a box. You of don't those remember shirts. the po- you're the poster boy over here, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I got the green, the green true work. And when you came out and visited us, you had green on. Yep. No, absolutely. That's my. It's called branding. So it's a thing people do to. Got it. Yeah, you do. I know you buy that shirt. When I see right. that shirt, I think of you. Yep. Well, I've got literally have a box. I probably still have four more that I haven't even opened in bags because every time I work in one, it's ruined. And then I have to get a clean one when I go to film my videos. Got but, it. Yeah. It's oh, uh, it's part of the part of the act. Having part of the act. filmed with yeah. him a few times now, he's not lying. He's, no. very, <laughs> meti- he's very meticulous oh, with it. Branding absolutely. is so critical, especially in like the, the whole uh, online space. Oh, but, yeah. I mean, that's one of the things Adelrid does really well. They're so consistent with mm. their branding. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very professional branding, which almost doesn't fit in with the tree world. I mean, the guys dominating the space are tree stuff. And professional yeah. is not how I would describe their branding. Yeah. But it works. And, it does. And they get out there and they're fun and they're interesting. And just like that, Elrit's and... not welcome in any true stuff events. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love those guys. It's just it's so funny to see these two different brands like working we, together we need we need to have you back on the show too in a later date to talk about branding you know since you're such a big into branding and marketing and there's you a know, lot your channels it. and i mean shit dude i mean it's like we get you on the show we go from like 10 people following us to like 100 people watching the live show so i always like having you on there because i gain a bunch more followers <laughs> so we appreciate all right it. well i'm glad i could provide some value for you guys <laughs> that's good well let's get into yeah. the the tree wrecks we want to talk about today here uh, I'll let you guys kind of begin, start, go through everything on there. Uh, uh, talk about a little bit of, too about the company, uh, so the people that are listening right now and driving or wherever they meet uh, about. If you guys don't know about Edelrid, uh, this is this is your opportunity to learn a little bit about them. And we've had you on already talking about some different gear talks uh, about some different products here, but yep. we're we're excited to hear about the Tree Rex. Yeah. So Meg, if you want to lay out some just the quick basic features there, the stuff you love about it. Yeah. So. Um, thank you, sir. Here we go. So it's going to sound really silly, but one of my favorite features of the tree wrecks in general is what I would say is your protruding or our protruding uh, gear loops that are rigid and protruding. And I feel like that's probably, we got that from the rock climbing world, but what makes that fantastic is almost every other harness 
that I've rocked um, this day and age has those floppy flimsy gear loops, which is super frustrating for me when I'm in a tree and I'm in a come like a frustrating spot where I can't really turn and look of where I need to grab. And I'm trying to find which piece of gear and it's flopping around and having them protruding and rigid, I can grab and rack gear and unrack gear so efficiently and know exactly where I need to grab at all times. And that's Is been- this unique to the tree racks compared to other products out it's there? not completely unique. Everyone, or not everyone, most of them have some kind of reinforcement, mm -hmm. but a lot of it's attached at soft, at a very soft top. And then they, they hang down with a little, maybe they flare, maybe they don't, but they tend to flop this way. Mm -hmm. And they tend to be kind of oval. Sometimes they're too low. Sometimes yeah. they're not far enough to the side. Like they just thought about it a lot, both the placement, but also just kind of fairly subtle ergonomic things. Yeah. yeah. Also, the way this curves, you, you don't find yourself snagging it on things. Mm -hmm. The ones that hang down like this, if you drop on something, they tend to catch it and pull it really fast because they get wider. That's never happened in a tree. What are you no. talking about? <laughs> right? You know, but then you got the little flap and it folds up and now it's this far away from your saddle instead of this close. So it's really subtle, but you're right. It's a great feature. And it's so here's the thing, right? Is that it's something that I didn't even realize how much I liked it until I was rocking the tree rex for like a year. I swapped back to another harness and then I didn't have it. And I was so frustrated in the tree trying to find where my stuff is and trying to even like trying to rack a carabiner back on it or something like that. Mm -hmm. It was, I didn't even realize how much I loved it until I didn't have it. So nice. that's one of the main things that I love. Um, I was going to move into it unless you wanted to add. I was going to move into adjustability. No, go for it. Adjustability is awesome. Yeah. So as a woman, just finding harnesses to fit my body type is really difficult. And when I put this on, it fit really well. Um, and then one of the key points, my uh, lower D adjustment. So with this piece right here, which basically either pulls your lower Ds and your suspension system closer to your waist or further away, that controls your entire center of gravity. So the basically the longer that this is, the, fr the more it's going to tilt you back and you have to engage your core to be pull yourself back upright. And for me, I like it really tight, but I like it so tight that when I go to stand up and um, take myself off, off my climbing system that like I can't stand up fully, it's really awkward. So the fact that this is easily adjustable and I can actually ad adjust it under load as well to pull it in is Got really it. unique to Edelred and I haven't found that yet in another harness. So the ease of adjustability has been profoundly awesome for me and for crews that sometimes they've got one or two saddles that kind of get passed around between a couple different climbers that could be a big deal because a lot of other saddles if they do adjust better the buckles will start slipping if they yeah. get moved around a lot they just don't lock in place i've never had any issues with adjustments not staying or making having it difficult to loosen up or tighten things uh, even on my saddle which I was the only one climbing on it for two years, and all of a sudden now I'm bringing it to shows and letting other people try it on. It's fine. It hasn't made any difference. Mm -hmm. So that's nice. that can make some some advantage for the uh, the crews as well. And I also find that I'm since I'm adjusting it more, that I'm not getting that wear out on the webbing as frequently because typically people will make that adjustment and that's where it lives forever. And then that webbing um, starts that, to break down. Starts to break down. Got yep. it. At that adjustment point. And on that note, one of the great things about all of the Adelaide Life Support webbing is that there's red indicator fibers on the inside. So anything that's actually holding load, there are like kind of strands that you can't see until it gets worn. And as soon as you start seeing red, you know, time to replace it. Got it. And that's a big deal because we see this stuff, okay, 5,000 pound rated webbing. Yeah. When do you know if it's too worn? Like there's a lot of safety factor in there and inspections are a big deal. So it's great to have that. Does any other trigger. manufacturers do that? 
I don't know. Ring rope does. Ring rope. There's a lanyard. I want to say yeah. Yeah. I I think it's yell. I could be wrong. That's that's an awesome feature to have. Absolutely. I mean, let's let's talk let's talk about that and and the thinking that goes behind that with the Germans who's developing this. What goes in before a product like that is created? What kind of thought goes in? Research goes in to that. Yeah, so there's there's so many layers to that. So the guys the guys on the German engineering team are all mountaineers. So they have a kind of a, a predetermination of trying to go light and efficient and and the minimum of what you really need to do your job well. And that's what they care about a lot. But at the same time, they're also super conservative. So they are so risk averse in what they do. And because of that, inspection, easy inspectability is important to them. If you look at any mountaineering gear, most of the webbing is on the outside. Anything load bearing is exposed so that you can inspect it. And yeah, that does allow for some nicks and scratches sometimes, but better to have a nick that you can see than one that you can't. Mm -hmm. And so just that philosophy of both conservative, safe, and cutting edge is just inbred into everything that they everything we make. I like that. And it's it's such a component that I don't feel like it's talked about enough. Like when I go and do gear inspection classes, my first question to people is, okay, well, how much damage is too much damage? And, and that's so hard to quantify. It's so hard to quantify. And every time they look back at me and they just don't have a good answer. And that's terrifying, right? Right. Because if you can't even, if you don't even know how to inspect your gear, we all talk about, oh yeah, inspect my harness every day before use. Okay, well, what are you inspecting? Are you okay, for? well, you have a little bit of a cut here. Is that too much damage? Do I need to throw my harness out now? What's the threshold? Mm-hmm. And people just don't know. So being able to manufacture and engineer something that takes the question out of it, like you start to see red, red is dead, it's done. It's retired. Yep. There's no question and that's now is, easy. Is there anything on here uh, that there are replace, replacement parts? Meaning there are hey, very few. Very so few. Compared to a harness like Teufelberger's Tree Motion, this is more designed to be worn until it's worn and then just replace the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It kind of tends to wear together. Um, I think the, the first thing that will generally wear out will be this one, mm-hmm. this strap of webbing here that goes in between uh, the lower D and the upper D, just because that's such a high wear point. Uh, but obviously the bridges are replaceable. You can get those. Uh, we've got other hardware for the back here. You can replace this Velcro pouch here. That's kind of the med pack. Yeah. Um, these got these, there's some tabs here that go on some of the uh, chest chest pieces to connect them that stuff can be all be replaced got it it was a little bit of a safety compromise because the idea is uh, by stitching and folding the ends of this piece of webbing we've made it so you can't change it Mm -hmm. but at the same time it also can't come out got it 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 was just the the choice there and i think what's fantastic too about this harness in general is that everything is exposed like i think you were touching on that so it makes the inspection really easy if i look down the back I can see all my primary life support webbing all in one swoop, you know, other than the gear that I have on it. But I don't have to take a back pad off. I don't have to search for it. I don't have to fuss with it. It's exposed. It's there. You can see. Let's let's go through an inspection from start to finish. Oh, boy. Let me add one more thing to yeah. that as we're, we'll just start with the bridge anyway. So bridges are, are like the most frequent wear point. Everyone should be changing your bridges on a regular basis. It's just this is what you hang your life on, and it experiences a lot of bend, uh, bend wear, which is a different type of wear. And fibers deal with that differently. So because your bridge is running back and forth, your ring is running back and forth, that's just going to cause a lot of wear. Most harnesses will require, most manufacturers will require to use their mm-hmm. uh, tested rope in their bridge. These guys don't actually. Their standard for replacing your bridge is any EN1891 type A static line that's of a certain size. I think it has to be between 10 or 11 mil. 
and, and you can substitute it. So if you've got, got a decent, solid rope that fits that standard, you can replace it yourself. Now, why, did, why do most companies... manufacturers warranty. Why do most companies require you using their bridge and Edelrid doesn't? Because our engineers have, have t actually gone through and tested it under various circumstances. Gotcha. And they, they know where the failure points are. They know that the bridge, so long as the rope meets this standard and is configured through the bridge properly, it's going to be just as safe. And so they feel comfortable allowing that. Good. Most manufacturers, when they certify, they certify the whole thing as a system, mm -hmm. which is the bridge, the harness, everything. And so they will, maybe they don't want the extra risk. Maybe they want you to buy their bridge. I don't really know. But the idea is, you know, a little more flexibility there will yeah. allow people to change more frequently. Good. They don't have to spend 30 bucks on a new bridge Good. every, you know, three months. Got it. I've been told as well, and I mean, I haven't fact-checked this, but I've been told by manufacturers that in some cases, bridges are actually constructed differently since that, like, if we have a 200-foot hank of rope, our cycles to failure are spread out throughout that 200 feet. But when you're talking about a foot and a half to two feet, your cycles to failure are constricted within that two feet that you're putting a lot of stress and uh, wear and tear on, on your day-to-day -day basis. Um, so you're asking it to do more than your traditional rope. Um, so that's been an explanation that I've had from a manufacturer in the past. Yeah. Got it. Yep, yep. So anyway, go ahead. Run, yeah, run, run through an inspection no, yeah. real quick. So I'll typically, when I'm running inspection on a harness, uh, first thing I'm doing is I'm finding my manufacturer tag. Um, in this case, it's located for the Edelrod Truex on your uh, leg loop. Correct me if I'm wrong. There's a little pocket in there, yeah, where yeah. there should be there should go. be two tags. Yep. Ah. <laughs> You're like, oh, shit. I know. I was like, <laughs> I'm wrong. That never happens, of course. <laughs> so, made in Vietnam. You're correct. So, I'm, I'm, what I'm looking for on this is um, the manufacturer date. Da, da, da. Where are you? Now, why is the date important for people? Um, because everything has a shelf life, right? Mm -hmm. So, manufacturer date's important, but what's even more important is um, put into use, right? So, if this was stored appropriately, depending on manufacturer, always go back to manufacturer recommendations, right? Like, if they're, if they're like, man, it was manufactured this day, and it's a hard shelf life of five years, even if you never used it, then okay. But um, in, in a lot of cases, if it was stored prop appropriately in a temperature-controlled type environment um date put into use is almost more important and okay. then from there let me let me ask on that for yep. you guys um you have the born on date pretty much right yep. um and say it has a, you know shelf life of five years ten years whatever it may be and someone doesn't use it it's been there for four years and mm -hmm. someone uses it do they mean does that mean they get to use it for one year and then if no and they get to use it for five years from that how do you track that to make sure they're using it for five years in the field and if an accident happens but it, they look back on it it's been six years gotta have your paperwork man if so if in fact and i would again i've called manufacturers and i'm like hey here's the situation what do you guys recommend um and they'll tell me they'll give me a hard answer whether it's no it's a hard shelf life of five years regardless of put into use date or they'll say yes put into use date is fine as long as it was stored appropriately at that point we are required, and I can say required, but by standard, we are supposed to be documenting on like an Excel spreadsheet. And I'm a nerd and I have an Excel spreadsheet of everything that the date I put it into use and then my inspections. And if you don't have that, and God forbid, like you said, an accident occurs, they're going to go back to the manufacturer date. And if you don't have it recorded, you're shit out of luck. So, you, so okay. Good. All right. So the manufacturing date on this one is 2021. 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 7, 20, right? Yeah, 7. 20, yeah, what's that? What'd you say? 7, 2021. So okay. that June? Uh, July. July. My math's not too good. 
uh, of a year. And I don't, I, it's in the manual very specifically, generally of the shelf life for our textiles. If it, in perfect conditions is uh, 10 or 12 years, that's kind of usually it's one of those two numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and the actual life in use varies so dramatically for by how you use it mm-hmm. um, that it's really hard to put a fine number on that. And I don't think they actually do put a number on that in the manu- in our manual. Mm-hmm. So they'll say like, if it's stored, you know, perfectly, here's the perfect number. If it's just sitting there, if it's stored and then used, but there's no signs of wear, here's another number. And I'm pretty sure that number is 10 years for this harness and most of ours. So if you can't tell it's being worn, then it's obviously not getting much hard use then you should be able to keep it around for 10 years and be safe. If it's being used regularly, you have to inspect it. And there's no, they're not even going to say, yeah, it's good for five years if you're using it because yeah. someone could use it once and catch themselves on a rock and it should be just taken out after that. Sure. So Got it. it's more about more about how it's treated and what it experiences. Got it. Yep. Especially with dynamic falls. Dude, that's something that blew my mind. So coming from, I've worked at every, almost every at height industry. So coming back here from telecommunications and rope access, people just seem like they have no idea about fall, like taking an arresting fall, et cetera, fall restraint, fall arrest versus work positioning and work suspension. And that if you take over three, a three foot dynamic fall in this harness, it's done. It's a one and done. It's like your heart. It's like your hard hat. It's not meant to absorb forces like that. We have no deceleration devices installed in our climbing system. And when it, when you get in a static system like our ropes, etc., all our hardware is all static. It, the forces generated are astronomical, and right. people are just like, "Oh no, it looks fine." Yeah, right, right. It's that loads uh, cycles to failure. Yeah. The closer you get to actual MBS, you know, it, then the fewer cycles you have to failure. And that can be really significant with the static system. That's actually one of the reasons I, I like mechanicals and I push mechanicals uh, for people because you can actually tie a friction hitch so strong that it'll break a line. Mm-hmm. Like the, the friction hitch will hold and hold and hold and hold. Whereas the mechanicals, almost all of them have a slip a slip rating. So at some point, their failure mode gent tends to be a slip. So if you take a dynamic fall, you can actually absorb a lot of that energy in the slip of the device. Got it's it. a really hard thing to quantify. It's going to vary from rope to user yeah. and all this stuff. So it's not something that manufacturers can count on, but it actually makes a big difference in the safety at, at the end of the day. Petzl, while you were speaking yesterday, Petzl did their entire one, out, one and a half hour talk on that. And oh, I actually really? have the presentation because oh, I did it I'll on my computer, that. so I'll show it nice. to you. <laughs> but it was really interesting. It's exactly what you're talking about. They did drop testing on the zigzag and there was a slip point. It wasn't much, but it was really interesting to see the amount of forces generated and at absorbed. like a two foot fall, yeah. three foot, and then so on and so on. Oh, and then awesome. how the, I see that. yeah. Hmm. We're, no, cool. no. Anyways, Love inspection. Let's, yeah, let's go through <laughs> go through an inspection and, and walk walk the listeners through everything you're looking for on this on this harness. Yeah, and feel free to jump in. So I start with the tag, manufacturer date, etc. And you can also just get a lot of good inf- information there. Like Tufelberger does a great job, but they have a lot of information on, on their tag. Um, but then I, I come in and I start inspecting my life support webbing and my bar stitching. So I'm going up to the major points of, of connection. So I start with my upper Ds or my work positioning. And I can see that my life support webbing is here. And in this case, there's bar stitching. And typically speaking, manufacturers are going to have the bar stitching a little bit different color from um, the webbing itself. So this is like a light gray. And I know that's my life support stitching. It's holding my side D on. So this needs to be intact and in, in working properly. And my threshold is generally 10% damage within one inch if it's over 10 percent, that's a no-go it's a fail for me i've heard i've heard other things is there is there a standard out there 
for that? I don't think that there's a written standard per se. I don't, I don't know of one. I, I think it's manufacturer's recommendations is what mm-hmm. they say. Always read the manual. Yep. Yeah, There. so there is a, a course, a competent inspector's course that's kind of an expensive uh, couple-day course that will teach you how to inspect PPE uh, on, on, at that finer detail. And uh, it's one that Adorid actually hosts, but I haven't sat through it yet. So it's on the it's on the calendar. Can anybody sign up for that? It should be open to, yeah. We, uh, we, we actually just Germany? ran one recently. No, they did one in Canada recently, and we're planning on doing another one how here in the States. How can we do one out in California? That's a good question. I could find it. Let's, we can make let's it happen. Do it. Let's if you make want it to happen. do it, we can make it happen. All right. Let's On the record, yeah. as the newest Edelwood ambassador, you guys are going to send me to that, right? <laughs> <laughs> on the record. Right. Absolutely. It's a, it's it's a on pretty there. thick manual, man. It's, okay. There's a lot that, of info. That, that'd be a good course to go through. For example, one of the things that, like, kind of lesser known facts, and I only know this because this is Blue Blair, which is mine, when he learned it, is that when it comes to webbing, damage on the face of it mm-hmm. is a lot less consequential than damage on the edge. If you have a, a frayed edge on your webbing, that generally is a sign to retire it. Like the edges are are critical to the overall strength. Why? I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. But that's what was in the in, in okay. that class. Webbing is is really strong and pulled in like a vertical, like up and down type of situation. But when you start bending it left and right, it's very weak. Um, and in some situations, in harnesses, the way that we're pulling and, and tugging, it does get loaded that way. So that's when we start to see that type of fray. But it. it drastically weakens the strength and integrity of webbing in general which is something that's awesome because I was, I was going right into that so i'm looking at the bar stitching for me oh again always manufacturers recommendations but anything more than 10 percent and within one inch is too much so I'm ch- i have my bar stitching here and now you can see that webbing that we talked about earlier follows all the way around the back <laughs> it follows all the way around the back so i'm inspecting that again as he was saying um on the edges, that type of damage on the edges is a lot worse than if it had some scuff in the middle. Following it around, now I'm back to my other side D. We have our bar stitching, bar stitching. This is obviously a brand new harness, um, but you are gonna start to see damage and, and things like that. So from there, I'm gonna come in to the inside and you can see at my waist belt, I have bar stitching as well. And I'm also moving stuff around at this point, right? Because the biggest wear points are gonna be where your buckles are. So if you just inspect it and you look and you're not pushing things around, you're not actually going to be able to inspect that webbing piece thoroughly. So you can see I, I push that out and I'm inspecting the webbing there where it sits in the buckle because that's where more than likely I'm going to start to see the Got damage. Got it. Got it. And this is where sweat builds up and everything too, right? When you're sweating, so you get salt in your sweat and that starts to rust out some metal components and that's you can start to see a lot of degradation there. From there, I move on to the other side. And I do have bar stitching as well on my waist strap over here. Now I move to the webbing on the leg, leg straps. And I, for me, I just like to do all the webbing at once and then start going over hardware. It's kind of, mm-hmm. some people like to just go start to finish, start here. I, I saw my bar stitching and then they go into their side D. I just I'm kind of like ADHD, I get hyper fixated. I'm like, I'm doing webbing right now. So that's what I'm gonna do on the entire harness. Um, but I'm just doing the same thing down here. You can see I have my bar stitching, I have my connection points, I'm following it down my leg over on this side. And I have my connection point down here that goes into my lower suspension. All of that looks good. And I'm gonna do the same thing on the other. Bam, bar stitching, follow it down. Connection point looks good. Have my Dyneema bar stitching on my buckle. I think I missed the buckle over on the other side. Got it. Yep. At that point, and if you want to take hardware. Yeah. So hardware is, it tends to be simpler. 
thankfully, most all of the hardware that we interact with is aluminum, so it tends to resist rust. You can actually wear it through the anodizing, and that's all right. But when it comes to aluminum hardware, you just want to avoid things that have obvious pitting, um, obvious cracks. You're going to feel it, move it around. You know, if you tink it like this a little bit, sometimes you'll actually hear a crack mm -hmm. more than you can see it. How do but you hear a crack? What? It changes It changes from being a really clear ring ding, to being like a, like a t more. Like it, more dense? It, uh, like it doesn't a, have the ring the, to it yeah. because that the crack will, okay. will, will kill that's, that. That's the first I've heard Can that. Can you quantify that? It's, it's very <laughs> difficult. Yeah. It's not likely to happen because we're not throwing these things around. So yeah. it's not as critical with the harness well, hardware uh, so much. Now, I... <laughs> I see a lot of people throw them around. Oh, yeah? You know? Uh, well, I mean, and, you're not chucking out of a tree like you would a carabiner. But, you know, like what Jared it. always says, you know, in, in the class we're doing this, is <laughs> they'll throw it down on the concrete or the asphalt yeah. when they get down, and don't do that. Don't, right. Because that aluminum's, you know, a lot softer. It can damage, you know? Yeah, and that, um, if, it's, if there are not dr dramatic manufacturing flaws in it, that won't have any consequence to the vast majority of aluminum hardware. Yeah. So like it, it's, it's actually, because it's a little softer, it tends to deform rather than to crack. Mm -hmm. So if it cracks, there was a problem in manufacturing. Mm -hmm. And if they find that good, like, yeah. because that could be bad. But obviously, yeah, you don't want to be throwing hard things against, you don't mm -hmm. want to be dropping on the ground, but it's also not really going to be consequential, most likely, other than to road through the coatings, which help make it last longer. But it also can create any, not just in cracks, but any, um, you know, metal fragments that yep. start mm -hmm. wearing on your rope that yes. you may not see. That's like, that's so worth throwing it on there. the ground and yeah. you know putting a little dent or a little yep. metal fragment that that sticks up. Especially on these lower paws where yeah. you have a lot of rope interaction, a lot of textile interaction. Any irregularity in the surface of your hardware is going to cause issues. And it's worth even at, when you get a brand new one to look through because some of these things are um, it's called a hot forging, but basically they take a big press. And they've got their little piece of metal that's roughly the right shape, and they and mm -hmm. it's hot, and they just smash it together, and that tends to leave a seam on the inside. Mm -hmm. Then it goes into a tumbler, typically, which has a whole bunch of small hard particles. It vibrates around, and that takes off all the hard edges, or it's supposed to. If it didn't go long, if it got stuck up next to something, occasionally you get a piece that comes out that has a little bit of a sharp edge to it, and honestly, you should just return it. <laughs> like yeah. you can fix it if you want to, but at, at, that is a piece that got past QC that shouldn't have. Yeah. And if you discover that, good, because that'll wear out your your uh, textiles yeah. quickly. That's hard to see, but if you do that kind of inspection once when you first get it, it's not going to develop it. Most people just are trusting that it's good to go. Right. And yep. You should inspect it as soon as you get it. And there's, I mean, obviously, every manufacturer's process is going to be a little bit different, but there is a very, these things go through a lot of QC because they are PPE. I mean, there's a lot of liability on manufacturers. Mm -hmm. So generally, it's going to be fine, but it's worth doing. It's your life on the line anyway, right? at the mm -hmm. end of the day so yeah you're looking for cracks you're looking for wear you know you're listening to it you should know the sound the ring that your hardware makes if it makes a different sound one day then that's a bad sign yeah um, you know all your buckles you want all your buckles to function that's the primary thing uh, these buckles in particular uh, they've got this little plastic catch here uh, that that has occasionally broken with rough treatment and so you want to make sure it's actually springing up and that when you press on the buckle itself that it's not allowed to move out away from that slot that it rests in and uh, now is that buckle replaceable the buckle itself you or know i'm not sure you can send it in and we can put a new one on it but because of the bar oh, tacking yeah i forgot about that yeah they don't, they don't want you to do that at home so, so you break that little piece right there yep but 
we will fix it. Like, okay. you, we're the customer what, service at Aero is fantastic. What, yeah. What's the warranty and on it's this? It's in Oregon. Uh, against Product. Bank, I honestly don't know. I have yet to come across a situation where they we didn't, take didn't care of you. fix. Yeah, That's we didn't cool. make it right, especially. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll say, hey, you, like with the Talon cups. So we have our, some really comfy gaps, and they've got a, a plastic cup. And when we first came out, we were using recycled rope material to build those because we figured it's a good use for it. Turns out, us Americans are really rough with our gear, and some guys were breaking the cuffs either by having it in their bag and dropping stuff on it and cracking them yeah. or throwing them out of trees. Yeah, but stuff that Europeans just don't do. We were doing <laughs> on a regular basis, and uh, and so they actually ended up changing the the process and making a little bit of a stronger piece there. Yeah, but we also took care of the people who did that, even though that's that's, that's cool. definitely user error. But sure. generally, we'll we'll take care of you. So. That, it's funny to see that too because that's how my whole relationship started with Edelred as it was like Treetopia last year and I saw Edel for the first time I actually saw an Edelred booth and I was rocking the Tree Rex and I didn't know who Blair was at this time and like I walked up there with like a vengeance and I was just like <laughs> I like your harness but here's everything I don't like about it and like he just sat there and he's like please tell me we had like an hour long conversation and such a cool dude and it, it was just it created such a beautiful relationship and he's like, yeah, no, I hear you. We're working on X, Y, and Z. And like, I, I want to send you this. And I was just like, I was really, it was almost just like, what? Like, yeah, I was ready for you to <laughs> yeah. come back and tell me I was wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so I really appreciate it as a brand, yep. they really stand by all of their stuff and want, want feedback and want to do right. So was it that customers. incident or, or at Treetopia where you were like, huh? Yeah. See, a totally different look at the brand. And now you're an ambassador of them. Yeah. After I mean, I, I loved the harness, but there were some, a few like points on it that were really frustrating to me. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know what my deal was that day. Cause like looking back on it, I was like, well, this probably wasn't the right maybe approach. Just, were you just mad that day? Maybe. maybe. I don't know. I could have been hungry. Hungry? You're hungry? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Blair is such a like wonderful human being. And then I found out he was the VP and I was like, oh, I'm such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and here I am a year later. Here an you ambassador. Are. Yep, yep. <laughs> and I'm super excited too because we got a new version coming out and we're finally gonna fix all the gripes that we've heard from the yeah. version. Why. When's that coming out? We're it's not it's not there's no fixed date. We we are fingers crossed we're hoping for next year. That's kind of like the current projection, twenty twenty four, but uh it's not not in our warehouse yet. So it's not cool. you know cool, cool. not known. Anything else we want to talk about on the T-Rex or anything the, the listeners need to, to know about or any cool uh, facts? I've got one more little feature that I didn't realize was as big of a deal as it is until I, again, like Meg, I went back to my old harness for a little bit just for, yeah, it's like, I remember this other one being comfortable. Let's try it again. See, um, most every harness I've ever used is really sweaty, like mm -hmm. in California in the summer. It's just that padding in the back. It's saturated and it sticks up against you and it's hot. But the Tree Rex has really good ventilation right through the middle of the back here. These open pockets with mesh, and there's no, like, there's almost nothing to stop. You can literally feel airflow through the back when you're climbing around. And to me, that ended up being a big deal. I, like, I used the other harness twice, and I was like, God, this is just not as comfortable. Really? Yeah, and it's a subtle thing, but again. You it notice just, it. I definitely noticed it, and only when I would switch back. And now, I, you know, it keeps me doing that in the summer. That was the oh, same point I, I was going to say as well, is that like if you hold this up to the light, you can actually see light coming through. Mm. So the ventilation's fantastic. And mm. the back support and the leg support's awesome, especially for my body type. But then the ventilation, it's lightweight and I, do, I don't sweat as much. And it's, I'm also a little bit meticulous about like if I'm chunking out big wood and doing crane picks, 
getting all that sawdust down in my harness. I hate it. When I go to pack up, I'm always trying to get the sawdust off and it's, it's super easy to clean. It ventilates well. So what markets do you see this selling the best in? Like is Florida a bigger market than Texas or than Ohio? Which who's buying this around the country? Uh, do I we mean, know gonna, that information? It's going to sell beautifully ev everywhere. We of don't really course. know because it's it's all <laughs> online. Like it's all, almost all of our sales are through online vendors. Yeah. Do now do you get any of that feedback of who's buying it? And... As far as location, no. We really that'd be, don't. That'd be interesting it to, be. to see uh, because if this is a product that you know breathes like this, and you, like you're saying in hotter weather, is a lot of people in Florida that's noticing that where you're marketing different to them on this product, that'd be information that I would want to know. Yeah. It's so. one of those things that our branding has been excellent. Our marketing has been subpar. Subpar. The, but most, that's why they got you, man. The branding <laughs> man. No, so that's, uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm trying. I got some ideas. Oh, good. One of the things that like I've always, I've noticed when I hang out, I would hang out my local arb store Yeah. and uh, we became friends because I'd be selling their stuff, just hanging out, talking to people because people don't really know what to buy. Or a lot of times they just don't even know what this thing does or why these two pulleys that look very similar in function would be any different. Mm -hmm. But to be able to explain that in person is nice. That's why we have gear talk. Exactly. Right. right. Yeah. So one of the things I'm working on with uh, Adelaide is these little point of sale cards and like a standing point of sale uh, demo, we call it like a dummy salesman, yeah. where it just has little line items like, hey, these are the important features. It's, it's your elevator pitch. This is what pitch. you need to use it mm -hmm. for. Yeah, but I'll just, and I can give it to all the little retail stores. It'll be on the online ads everywhere. Yeah. You encounter these things like, hey, this is what it's used for. This is what sets it apart. This is where it's different. Like, this is why you might want this, you know, exact, like exactly that. That's cool. That's cool. I like that. I like that. So I think that's going to make a difference. Well, awesome. Awesome. Any, anything else you guys want to share? Any, I, any other cool stuff? I want to talk just one, one more cool feature is the, there's an SRT bridge, which is a, okay. Um, so I love this harness again, very featured at its price point. So for 500 bucks, you get a lot. It comes, with, it comes both with bridges. The double, yeah. It comes with this SRT loop. That's not actually attached to this one right now. It comes with this like little med bag that you'd have to buy separately otherwise. Like there's a lot of little features, you know, not to bang on a tree motion again too much, but like you get a bare bone saddle and it's very customizable, but you got to do it yourself and you got to find, you got to buy the stuff. You can get it all here. And, One of the cool and features. what's nice too is with the new climber coming in, you know, kind of in the industry to have this, they, they don't have to now think outside of one. They had a big decision on you know what what harness they want now they're right. like shit how do i customize it what do i do and now they're doing all this research and spending more money and they just you know so with this it's, it's one pretty much done. dialed yeah dialed. the only thing that you would definitely want to buy is whatever like primary gear hooks you want and those are the carry tools or the we have the sm3 clip or i love the transporter the the rock exotica mm -hmm. cool. fantastic cool. and we can fit it we those fit in those little slots cool but but what you don't see in most any other harness, Camp has one yeah. or two, um, and theirs is an actually ANSI certified. So this one's not ANSI certified, but it's CE certified, which is good enough under most circumstances. It's good enough for the Z133, um, but you can ha make this into a fall arrest system. So this is a sit harness, it's a work positioning harness, which is not designed for fall arrest. But if you integrate this particular chest harness, then you actually get a fall arrest rated attachment point and this carabiner clips into the SRT loop and it connects the two in a way that can, is life support and fall arrest. So cool. if you're one of those guys who's in your bucket or in your mm -hmm. lift and into the tree or back and forth, then with this chest harness, it can tend your SRT device and it can make you compliant in the bucket and then you can be comfortable in the tree at the same time. 
not have to wear the whole fall rest underneath or switch back and forth or any of that. Love it. Yeah, Love it. It's pretty slick. That's awesome. It's awesome. also comfy. And it looks cool. So, I mean. It's cool. It's green. Got to look cool. Green. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, there you have it. Uh, the Tree Rex uh, by Etta Ridd. Um, so, where, where do they go to get this? Uh, if they want it. A lot of online retailers, local stores. Sometimes Vermeers have them. Okay. If your local arm store doesn't have it, ask them and they can get set up with us and we'll get it to them. So Cool. Now, you guys don't sell direct. We do not sell direct. You can find us on Amazon. We have one vendor who we let do that. and There's only one and it's car sports, but the pricing is going to be pretty much the same across the board. Got it. Got it. We'll appreciate you guys, Megan, Josiah, for sharing Absolutely. this and this. Uh, yeah. Guys, if you got something out of this, if you learned something, uh, share it today. Uh, put it on your Instagram, uh, tag someone in this podcast, text them, whatever you want to do. But uh, we appreciate everybody listening. Uh, and remember to continue to elevate the standard of the industry through safety, training, innovation. See you guys next time.